we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to the Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us on the show today. Welcome to AFA at the Core. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. Hey, you can uh, listen live to the show on our website, AFR.net, AFR.net. You can listen live also on the American Family Radio app. You can listen live there. Uh, Those are the two ways to listen live to the show, AFR.net or the AFR app on your mobile device, tablet device, um, Roku device, Apple TV, so on and so forth. We have built out the Apple CarPlay feature. So if you have one of these new fancy cars with the uh, dashboard where you have uh, Android Auto and uh, Apple CarPlay, Uh, you can uh, utilize that in your uh, new vehicle through the AFR app. So that is uh, available for those who use that feature. And uh, we're live streaming the video on Facebook. We're live streaming the video on Facebook. We did test again our live streaming option, our live streaming feature that we're doing some internal testing on. We did test it yesterday, and it did work. We tested it yesterday. It worked just how we uh, had planned. Uh, So our IT department is is done building that out. Uh, Now we just need to train each show to how to utilize that and then deploy it in the next, uh, I don't know, probably two to four weeks. And then our our audience can log into streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net, and not only view uploaded content, or pre-recorded content, but you can then also view live shows. So you can watch the core on the streaming platform live. So we'll uh, we'll continue to uh, uh, build that out, deploy it, and then uh, promote it here on the network and tell you how you can, uh, can view the show, the core live on our own streaming platform. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, and we have tested it, it is working. Uh, it's ready to roll out. We just got to train producers and show hosts and others on how to utilize it uh, so we can get it out there up and running. Well, uh, moving into our scripture for the week, we uh, moved out of Psalm for a week, and we're in Jeremiah just for this week in light of the Supreme Court uh, ruling that allows states to protect babies from conception all the way through um Birth. So Jeremiah one five is where we are this week. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to uh, the nations. So when does life begin? Life begins at conception. Not only does Jeremiah confirm that or affirm that, also multiple other uh, scriptures affirm that. Science affirms that. Uh, God's word is in full. Um, consistency as it relates to when life begins. Life begins at conception. Babies should be protected from conception all the way through pregnancy until they are born. And, of course, we have laws on the books that protect 
uh, us once we're born until natural death. So why not include babies in that, um, in the laws? And we actually do partially, you know, if, if, um, if a criminal, if a murderer, uh, murders a mom and her baby, her preborn baby, well, that's a double homicide. Yep. That's a double homicide. If, uh, someone murders a mom and her unborn child in the womb, that's a double homicide. According to the law, if there's a DUI, uh, driving under the influence, if there's a DUI related, uh, death and there's a mom, a pregnant mom in a car and she happens to tragically pass away and the baby passes away as well in the car crash because of a DUI accident. Well, that's a double homicide. That's a double homicide. That's two deaths that occurred, and the and the law reads it that way. Prosecutors use that clause. They use that law all the time around the country uh, when a when an unborn baby tragically dies as a result of an accident or as a result of an intentional homicide. So. Part of our law recognizes that babies are uh, humans. They're babies. They are a life. They have a life, and they should be protected. So I wrote a um, blog. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, but the title is, Should Abortion Be Permitted Under Any Circumstance? I wrote that blog, published it yesterday. We covered it here on the show, and we interviewed an excellent doctor uh, about the topic of when life begins, when life should be protected, should abortion be permitted under any circumstance. We covered it all in the show yesterday if you want to go back and listen to it. But also, uh, the blog is up right now on AFA.net. AFA.net, the title of the blog is Should Abortion Be Permitted Under Any Circumstance? So go there and check that out at AFA.net. Well, I didn't have time to get to this clip. Yesterday, I did talk about it, but I didn't play it. Uh, We're going to play a clip of Justice Sotomayor out of all the frenzy in Washington, D.C., and, uh, you know, I saw Elizabeth Warren put out a tweet today, you know, the world is on fire, she said. The world is burning! <laughs> oh, if anything's burning, it's because of the Biden administration. Oh, sorry. Uh, that's a sidetrack. So uh, the world, um, uh, many people in our country think that the world is ending because Roe v. Wade was overturned. Uh, lives are actually beginning and being saved because of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And we'll continue to move in that direction. But uh, so they, they've got this, uh, these apocalyptic, you know, slogans and, you know, people are going to die and all this stuff that's not true. Um, but and then they've got the headlines and the journalists and the media outlets trying to uh, portray the Supreme Court as being in disarray. And it's a broken institution and the justices don't respect each other. And it's all just falling apart. Sounds like Al Gore 20 years ago. But let's listen to a justice, a liberal justice, Sotomayor, talking about her colleague, Clarence Thomas, clip one. I suspect I have probably disagreed with him more than with any other justice, that we have not joined each other's opinions more than anybody else. And yet, Justice Thomas is the one justice in the building that literally knows every employee's name, that they, every one of them. And not only does he know their names, he remembers their families' names and histories. He's the first one who will go up to someone when you're walking with him and say, is your son okay? How's your daughter doing in college? He's the first one that when my stepfather died, sent me flowers in Florida. 
He is a man who keeps, cares deeply about the court as an institution, about the people who work there, but about people. He has a different vision than I do about how to help people and about their responsibilities to help themselves. I've often said to people, Justice Thomas believes that every person can pull themselves up by their bootstraps. I believe that some people can't get to their bootstraps without help. They need someone to help them lift their foot up so they can reach those bootstraps. That's a very different philosophy of life. But I think we share a common understanding about people and kindness towards them. That's why I can be friends with him and still continue our daily battle <laughs> over our difference of opinions in cases. All right, so we could we could we could uh, pick out her statements there and talk through those, uh, but for the sake of the point I'm trying to make is, you know, they, she's questioned about Clarence Thomas and her colleagues on the Supreme Court, and you know the media is wanting and the left is wanting her to say, you know, he's a terrible person, the court is broken, we need to expand the court, pack the court, so on and so forth, <laughs> and she goes on this two minute spill about how nice Clarence Thomas is. He's he's one of the greatest, you know, colleagues that I have. He sent me flowers when one of my family members passed away. He knows everybody name how everybody's name in the court. He asked about how everybody's family's doing. And so here's the media out here, you know, bashing Clarence Thomas. You've got assassination um threats on social media and other places against Clarence Thomas. Um everybody just uh, vile attacks against him. Very uh, there's racist rants against him. Um, coming from the left, coming from the left, and Sotomayor nonchalantly just applauds Clarence Thomas about how nice of a person he is. Uh, that's not what the left was expecting there, but that's what they got. Uh, so the next time they tell you our court is in disarray, it's falling apart, nobody knows what to do, uh, that's just not the vibe we're getting from Sotomayor, from Thomas, from all these other justices uh, when they're having these speaking engagements around the country and around the world. Um, moving to another topic I want to get to. Um, that folks, folks, this, uh, this climate, this climate mantra, this climate agenda where you got a lot of folks in very powerful positions that think our world is ending via global warming and climate change. They think that carbon emissions are bad for the country, bad for the world. Uh, they, they'll say that oceans are rising. They'll say uh, that uh, the ice in, in the north, in, in Antarctica and other places, the ice is melting and the oceans are rising, even though a lot of these people own beachside mansions. But we'll not talk about that. <laughs> um, and so you got the whole climate movement aimed at regulating severely human flourishing and human behavior, all right? They, they are targeting, they're not targeting things that aren't, don't affect the way we live, don't affect the way we move, we operate, etc. Uh, they are directly going after fundamental means of survival for the human population, all right? 
they're going after our energy. Yes, our energy uh, sources, namely fossil fuels. They are directly targeting them. They want to abolish the fossil fuel industry. All right, we're talking coal. We're talking natural gas. We're talking uh, oil. And they want to abolish it, and they really don't have a comparable replacement. They don't. They can tell you that we can do uh, windmills and solar panels, but those means of producing energy and collecting energy, they just don't, they're just not up to par. Maybe they will be in 100 years, but right now, uh, that uh, form of energy production and energy storage is not up to par for the demand uh, that a developing uh, freedom-loving nation uh, needs. So, it's, uh, it's a very dangerous agenda. Why? Because it directly threatens the survival of humanity. And I'm not exaggerating here, all right? You take their agenda, you take their professed goals as it relates to carbon emissions and climate change and so on and so forth, and it equals less people on the planet. And they'll, they'll tell you this when they talk. They'll say, we need less people on the planet. <laughs> what does that mean? That means we stop having babies and we let people die off. And that's a very cold-hearted, very humanistic way to put it. But, folks, that is what it equals. And if we don't talk about it in that manner, then it gets glossed over and they put all these fancy terms on it and nobody really grasps what's going on. These people want less people on the planet. All right? They want less people on the planet. And so, uh, which is dangerous because that's not the government's role. It's not the government's role. This is not the CCP. The world doesn't need to turn into a one-child policy in the name of climate change. All right, this is very dangerous stuff. And this is why they're in favor of abortion. All right, population reduction, i.e. abortion. That's why they're all for it, folks. It all goes together in their wicked, evil agenda. But uh, farmers in um, the Netherlands are rising up because the Netherlands has passed a law or a ruling that cuts their nitrogen and ammonia emissions by 30% overnight. And they're factoring in livestock here. And each each head of livestock has its own output, according to the government. Uh, so farmers in the Netherlands are having to slaughter their own livestock in the midst of a food shortage. This stuff is absolute insanity. It will, will result in untold human suffering and death, and it must be stopped. It's illegal. AFA at the core. We'll be back in a few. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. We live in a day when churches are filled with people ready to hear and receive God's mercy. Unfortunately, however, it is often accompanied by a de-emphasis or concealment of the truth of God's word. Paul, the salvation by grace through faith apostle, was asked, if salvation is solely a product of grace, what benefit then does the law provide? Paul responded, without the law, I wouldn't have known God's righteous standard and how far away from it I was. Any presentation of God's mercy, absent God's truth, is no gospel at all. Iniquity is purged by mercy and truth. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. God bless America, land that I love. In a time where love and loyalty to one's country carries with it much complexity, how does your girl understand her place as a godly citizen of this nation? Is she happy to say the Pledge of Allegiance? Is she apprehensive about singing patriotic songs? She might be wrestling with her citizenship alongside her identity as a Christ follower. Can patriotism and discipleship coexist? Yes, we can have a healthy view of both. Guide your girl well by talking about history, all of it, even the tough seasons. Help her to see God's sovereign hand protecting and leading those who worship Him. Lead her to serve those who have sacrificed for our freedom. Affirm her love for both God and country, praying God bless America along the way. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. In this time, we celebrate that Roe versus Wade has been overturned with great joy. Roe versus Wade has been responsible for the slaughter of over 63 million babies. Now the decision to abort a child will be left in the hands of the states, and sadly, abortion will continue in the most liberal states. Over the past 16 years, Preborn has positioned their clinics in the top abortion cities where 50% of abortions take place. Preborn's work of saving babies' lives will continue at an even greater level as they fight Planned Parenthood and now defend their centers from the radical hate groups who want nothing more than to shut them down. Preborn's response is entirely dependent on you, the pro-life community. Would you consider a tax-deductible gift of any size? Your gift will save babies' lives and help keep preborn centers safe so they continue their life-saving work. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or go to preborn.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us for this second segment. Well, we do like to bring in our own reporters and uh, cover the news of the day. Uh, We have on with us Chris Woodward now. Chris Woodward is one of our reporters at American Family News. Chris, welcome to the core. Thank you for having me back. And uh, we do cover good news as it comes about. And uh, we ha- we've had several good news items out of the Supreme Court, Chris, but one that I think I might have mentioned in passing, but we didn't really harp on, and that is the Supreme Court ruling as it relates to West Virginia v. the EPA or the Environmental Protection Agency. They do everything but protect the environment. Uh, tell us a little bit about that ruling. Yeah, this was a case that was consolidated with three others, uh, one of them being North Dakota versus EPA. Uh, basically, a regulation that got started under the Obama-Biden administration, uh, which sought to really regulate um, the power grid uh, and continued when Joe Biden became president. Uh, that was squashed this week at the Supreme Court, where in a 6-3 to three opinion, Uh, The justices ruled that Congress never gave the EPA direct authority to do this kind of thing. And so you might be listening and think, well, this case is called West Virginia versus EPA or North Dakota versus EPA. What does this matter to me if I'm in Illinois or Mm -hmm. Mississippi or Alabama or some other part of these United States of America? It means that unelected bureaucrats with no accountability can't determine your energy future 
because Congress never gave them the authority. And it's a huge uh, ruling, six to three. This was not a squeaker. Mm -hmm. uh, and basically, uh, Biden and his EPA and really the Green New Deal yeah. got smacked down at the Supreme Court this week. Absolutely. And what they were trying to do here, folks, through the EPA is they were trying to regulate and reduce emissions, uh, which they view as bad, I view as excellent for the environment and for humanity. Um, uh, tell me a uh, a nation that has grown and developed at the rate and provided the quality of life that America has, and tell me who's done it on windmills and solar panels. Zero. Nobody. Uh, so uh, fossil fuels is the way to go. Um, but, Chris, the EPA was attempting to regulate, and they ultimately they, they confessed, our goal is to reduce emissions. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that equals power plants that that heat and cool our homes, power plants around this nation were having to submit to the standards by the EPA that ultimately would lead to power being cut mm -hmm. to various uh, customers around the nation. Yeah, and that was one of the reasons why West Virginia got involved here. Uh, West Virginia coal country, mm -hmm. uh, their utility sector is largely reliant on coal, and why not? Because West Virginia is the Saudi Arabia of coal. So, uh, yeah. you know, you had the coal uh, utility industry relying on West Virginia coal there to power homes and businesses. Mm -hmm. And when the Biden EPA came in and started to bring back what Obama wanted to do, a lot of people in West Virginia were like, wait a minute, this is going to kill our economy. It's already hurting based on Biden's government spending policies. If you seek to do this, it's going to make it that much more worse. Similar argument uh, was made by North Dakota in their case. Yeah, that's a big win. And I'm just reading this, uh, uh, Chris. This is, on, this is on AFN as well. This was the breaking news report from the AP that was uh, on uh, AFN, American Family News website. But it, it, it mentioned that... It, you know, who was against it and who was for this case and di people joining different sides. Mm -hmm. But um, it says prominent businesses that include Apple, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, and Tesla also backed the administration, meaning they backed the EPA, the Obama administration, mm -hmm. in this move. But what's so ironic and hypocritical, Chris, is that Companies like Amazon, Apple, Google, Microsoft, and Tesla, they would not exist without fossil fuels powering their stores and their massive plants around right. the nation. Yeah, and, and we wouldn't have their products if it wasn't for fossil fuels uh, running the ships that many of these things are brought to the U.S. Yes. Uh, with. So, yeah, it's a big publicity stunt that a lot of these companies do. One or one or two of them does it, and then the others feel like they have to do it too, so that way they can get some good pub on Twitter Yeah. Uh, where you either get praised or you get torn to shreds on Twitter, and they <laughs> chose uh, to try to be praised about something. What's interesting there is a lot of these companies, uh, these publicly traded companies that do these PR stunts, uh, they do it because – left-wing shareholders and activist groups go to the shareholder meetings and they say, what do you care? You know, why don't you do this? Don't you care about the environment? Mm -hmm. And that's why these CEOs move in the direction they do. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why you're starting to see more people on the center-right side of the thing, uh, of the argument. They're trying to form coalitions of people to go to shareholder meetings to try to bring them back to center. Yeah. Yeah, you know, these, these CEOs and HR directors, they don't know anything they don't they they may seem smart and they may be good business people but they have no idea what they're talking about. They just rubber stamp these mm -hmm. press releases about global warming. But you start asking them questions about it and they'll be like, "Well, you know, I don't really know." Um, well, well you know, how do y'all run y'all's plant? Um, 
I think uh, the local uh, power co-op runs the plant. Well, <laughs> what kind of fuel do they use? Uh, yeah. 90% coal. So these folks, their industry, their wealth, it is all built on fo- using fossil fuels, and then they want to turn around and demonize it and yeah. make the little guy pay more. Right. I mean, if you drive a Tesla... Uh, and you plug it in to charge it. Odds are it's being charged thanks to fossil fuels. You're so right, Chris. You know, I told you, I told everybody on the radio, I went on vacation a few weeks ago, got up at this big gas station. People would know the name if I said it. And um, it was a Bucky's. I can say it. It was a Bucky's. <laughs> Raise your hand if you've ever been to a Bucky's. Uh, Chris, have, you've never been I have, to a I've driven past one. Okay. It, it's, you, it's that bigger. was smart. You drove past it. That's smart. <laughs> yeah. It was packed. I, I promise you there was a 1,000 people at this gas station. Oh, it's you. they're huge. Yeah, yeah, they are huge, but this one wasn't big enough because it was way too packed. An hour to get in and out. <laughs> uh, absolutely ridiculous. Never do it again. But nonetheless, I went. Uh, stopped at a Bucky's in Florida, and um, you know they had about, I don't know, 30 Tesla charging stations. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, uh, those are relying on fossil fuels at a plant down the road yeah. uh, to, to provide the power. But nonetheless, uh, the fella was – I'm not lying. He was – he was laying in his Tesla with his seat all the way back with his Tesla running, and he was charging it at the same time because he had to stay cool because it was 105 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> so he's running his Tesla, and, and I don't own a Tesla, so I don't know if you can run it or not with it charging. I, I don't know that, but it was there, it was making a humming noise. He was clearly running the air conditioner <laughs> in his Tesla while he was charging it, and uh, I read a review from someone who... Uh, did the study on it. Took about takes about I don't know two to four hours apparently uh, to charge these things, and yeah. they they do have super power uh, charging cycles, but even that's probably thirty minutes to an hour. Yeah, and also too, keep in mind that uh, electric vehicles uh, have a massive carbon footprint. Uh, they contain metals and minerals uh, that require a lot of uh, efforts to try to get, and then of course you got to manufacture it, you got to build it, you got to ship it. Uh, a person's driving it around, all these kinds of things. It's it's not as environmentally friendly as Biden and other people would have you to believe. Yeah. Uh, it is going to have a carbon footprint just like any other vehicle. Yeah, you know, uh, it is. Uh, and, and there's some studies being done on this about how the carbon footprint for a uh, electric vehicle, an EV, actually could be more damaging to the environment. Mm. Uh, more, I say more damaging to the environment. It could, it could use more resources, more environmental and natural resources, uh, than even our uh, old uh, gasoline burning cars do. I've uh, I've told this story before on AFR's Today's Issues program, but I went out west last year. So I'm driving along I-40 somewhere in the Texas New Mexico area, and I drive. I'm going along I-40, and there's this massive rail line um, that's carrying all kinds of goods. And waiting on the train to get through were all these semi trucks, these 18 wheelers with mm-hmm. flatbeds. And each of them was carrying one blade of a wind turbine each. <laughs> like you had like eight, eight of these a big massive diesel trucks. burning yes, trucks. <laughs> a big diesel burning truck with one wind turbine per on truck. Each. Yes. Oh, sitting there burning gracious. gas, waiting on the Folks, train to cross. Folks, we can't be duped. All right, we can't be duped. We can't uh, take a bite of the climate change agenda and chew on it. It's garbage. It's a lie, and it's all aimed at government control. And you move everybody over, folks, to the, uh, the to the grid. Meaning, uh, you, if you need the, to drive, use the grid. If you need to do this, use the grid. Mm. Um, and yes, I know the gas pumps use electricity to pump the gas, but you get what I'm saying. Um, you 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 put everything down to 
relying on the grid for everything, even to get from point A to B, folks, that that just allows the government to just slide right in and start telling you and I how many miles we get on the road each week in the name of saving the planet. So it's a very, very place. Uh, it's a place we don't want to go, mm-hmm. uh, at least not by government mandate. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why this ruling is important. Uh, it's it's proof that checks and balances work. Mm-hmm. The judicial branch is meant to be there to tell the legislative and the executive branch, you can't do this, and here's why, and that's what happened. Yeah, and to your point, uh, this really opens the door, both the Roe v. Wade ruling, mm-hmm. um, all these rulings in the last two weeks open the door to previous bureaucratic actions from other administrations, other agencies beyond the APA. This really opens the door for various other government overreach examples to also be struck down should they make their way back up to the court. Right. Um, I had forgotten about this because in this news cycle, it seems like two years ago, but Andy McCarthy, in reacting to uh, this West Virginia v. EPA ruling yesterday on Fox News Channel, former assistant U.S. attorney uh, Andrew McCarthy pointed out that this is similar to the OSHA case with the vaccines or shots where the Supreme Court said, look, it's not that you can't exist and it's not that you aren't here to do this and that. It's that you can't do this because no one gave you the authority. So technically, this is the second smackdown uh, in just a few months. uh, Of agencies? Yeah, for the executive branch and these agencies. Um, You know, oftentimes Congress created these agencies, uh, but the executive branch runs them. They Mm -hmm. appoint cabinet members and agency chiefs and things like that. But their authority has to be explicitly authorized by Congress. Yes, and in this particular case, West Virginia v. EPA, uh, the Supreme Court ruled again 6-3 to that, listen, you don't have the authority to do this. Yeah, well, I want to play a couple clips for you, at least one, Chris. Uh, We've got um, a Biden administration official here uh, letting the American people know that, look, folks, uh, paying twice as much for gas— uh, this year is worth it. Why? Because of the liberal world order. Clip two. Let's listen. What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay four eighty-five a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. <laughs> He says, Chris, this is this is about the future when it, it relates to gas prices and what, what what Americans should think and 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 how the White House should respond. This is about the future and liberal world order is what he said. there. Yeah. If you have at any point in the last couple of years said or thought something mean about a relative for talking about the new world order on <laughs> Facebook and you label them as crazy. Yeah. That person just proved just that your it. aunt's not nuts. Yeah. He just said it. No liberal world order order uh we just got to stick it out and you know uh, chris that's explicit language and rhetoric that number one the white house knows this is a problem meaning high gas prices high energy prices they know this is a problem but they are okay with the problem because they are going somewhere greater that's the, that's the narrative they are moving the somewhere greater. yeah and biden said it this mm-hmm. is all about a transition and so folks to think that this is you know a blip um, and this will this will be gone in a year, folks. This nightmare is not going to end until we get a new president. A point blank. This nightmare is not going to end until we get a new president because these folks are like religious zealots for their humanistic ideology. All right, they are like religious zealots for their humanistic ideology. I know that's like an oxymoron, but they 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 their their mentality, their worldview is very humanistic, but but they they act on it and they are committed to it as if it is a religion. 
All right, as if they are religious zealots for the humanistic worldview. So this is absolutely not going to end until we get a new president. Uh, now, could could a different Congress, uh, could a flip in the House and the Senate kind of rein this in a little bit? Yeah, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. President Biden needs to be impeached, by the way, uh, because he bashed the Supreme Court on the world stage, which is a big no-no. Uh, you don't criticize and undermine a, a U.S. institution such as the Supreme Court uh, while on the world stage. Not to mention, Chris... Something I heard something about illegal immigrants, about forty plus of them dying in a tractor trailer in Texas mm-hmm. just this week. That's hardly gotten any coverage. Yeah, this was the uh, the case near San Antonio, where unfortunately um, border patrol agents down there and and other law enforcement personnel they found. I think it's actually more than fifty now that have died. They found wow. dozens of migrants that were part of a smuggling operation. Uh, they had come over here on what was supposed to be a refrigerated truck, but the mm. truck was not refrigerated. The outside temperature was somewhere around 103. Inside, it was much hotter. These wow. people, these people basically um, suffocated, uh, and some of them were 53. children. 53. I'm yeah. sorry, 52. Uh, I'm sorry, no, 53 people died uh, in this tractor trailer. Yeah. Chris, if this were any other administration, especially one with the last name of Trump as president, do you think this story would have been swept under the rug? No, uh, it would have been uh, the picture of the truck with all the body bags uh, would have been on the cover yeah. of <coughs> on the cover of Time, Newsweek, and Everywhere. all the other publications Everywhere. right now, saying, "Why won't you fix this? Why yeah. won't you it'd open the border? Declare amnesty now? All these things." Yeah, yeah. It'd, it'd be impeachment. Uh, Congress would be moving to pass a veto-proof bill giving amnesty to everybody, opening the border. Uh, folks, this would have been used to go after Trump so hard. Uh, and, and, and and it would have been used mm-hmm. to just take him out, just like they try to do everything else. But since it's Biden, um, it's a one-day story. I'll give you a good example of how the, a lot of this is the media, the same media that hated Donald Trump. They're going to find a way to change the media, change the stories, so that way it benefits Biden. There's an AP story out today in which the AP, it, it talks about a poll saying the majority of Americans want abortion protected. <laughs> so they're basically they're basically finding a way to shift the narrative onto something Biden wants to, yes. make, to make Biden look good. Yeah, as opposed to the historic Supreme Court defeat he right. just suffered. Good points, Chris. Thanks so much for Thank coming you. on the show. Have a good 4th of July. God bless America. Amen. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. Hey, we are going to take your calls. Last segment of the core today, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840 is the number to call. 888-589-8840. Call in your questions, comments about the topics we've discussed today. AFA at the core. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Too busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio? Have no fear because the AFR app is here. Download the app to have access to live broadcast, music streaming, as well as each podcast. Whether you're at work, at home, or on the go, it's easy to listen to AFR. The AFR app is available not only for Apple and Android users, but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku. Download the AFR app today at AFR.net. 
What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. Did you know that over 62 million babies have been aborted since Roe versus Wade? Every single one of these babies' lives was dear and precious. Why isn't the world declaring these babies as lost? Here's Dan Steiner, the president of Preborn, a ministry dedicated to saving babies' lives from abortion through ultrasound. I sense God's broken heart over the issue of abortion. You see, he sees every little baby that's being formed in the mother's womb, and it breaks his heart to see when the lifetime that he has planned for them is taken from them violently so often. The Ministry of Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country, introducing women considering abortion to their precious preborn baby. By letting a mother see her baby on ultrasound and hear the heartbeat, she'll choose life 80% of the time. To find out more, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Telling Bibleists, persecuted believers, no, that's one of the hardest things we do at Bible League. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth, and I want to give you an update on our campaign stand with them. You know, Paul wrote, the persecuted, they may be persecuted, but they're not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You know, for weeks we've been telling you about Christians who are praying for Bibles in order to endure and persevere. Ahmad is in Malaysia. He's a civil engineer with beaten. When he came to Christ, he's praying for a Bible. Adesh is in Nepal. He's a tour guide near the Himalayan mountains. He was beaten, but he's praying for a Bible in the Nepalese language. And then Einar is in Zimbabwe. She's a widowed mother of three. Her husband was killed by the Boko Haram regime. She's not praying for an end to her suffering. She's praying for a Bible. We're in the final few days of this effort to send God's word to 16,000 Bibleless persecuted believers. We're short of this goal and we need to wrap up in the coming days. So at $5 a Bible, $100 since 20? Will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD or give at sendbiblesnow.org sendbiblesnow.org AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio Welcome to the Core here on American Family Radio Glad to have you with us today on the show AFA at the core. Hey, if you want to call in, we'll be glad to take your questions, your comments about the topics we've discussed on the show today. 888-589-8840-888-589-8840-888-589-8840 is the number to call in to the core. Well, one story I want to get to before we get to calls, uh, one more story I want to get to is uh, the uh, uh, energy situation that Germany is facing. And uh, the energy situation that Germany's facing, and um, and all of this really points back to America and how America could be that that energy player on the world stage. We could be that energy provider uh, for the world, but our president has neglected to do that. This is a German chancellor on CBS Evening News, uh, the 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 chancellor of Germany, uh, talking with the uh, CBS reporter about. Um, their energy problems, and uh, she's actually pressing him on how much money they're paying Russia for energy, which is a very interesting point, good point to make. Uh, clip uh, four, let's listen. 
while you're helping the Ukrainians financially, you're also essentially giving Vladimir Putin a financial lifeline. He cannot buy anything from the money he's, he's getting from us because he, will, he has all these sanctions on imports for modern technologies and things he is looking for. So this is what is making very angry. Vladimir Putin can use that money elsewhere, uh, just not in the West. But so he cannot buy. Is it still two billion a month? that Germany is sending to Russia? It is always decreasing <laughs> and I once again say that we decided that we do the that we draft the sanctions in a way that they hurt Putin and this is what we do. And once again we are now doing real investments into technology in pipelines in ports mm -hmm. and I know there are people that sometimes think that when you are having taken a decision one afternoon, the next morning you have a port and a 40 kilometers pipeline. Oh, it takes but time. in the real t life, this <laughs> is not happening. All right, folks, that's the German chancellor admitting that, yeah, we're paying Russia about two billion bucks a month for energy. Um, and you can't blame him because the, Germany wouldn't survive without the energy. All right. So, so this is not a, you know, it's not realistic to expect Europe and Germany to wean themselves off of Russian energy in a month. I mean, that's just not physically uh, or realistic uh, to expect. But they, they should never, and this is a point that President Trump made, uh, they should have never built their reliance on Russia. All right, They should have built their energy sector as being self-sufficient or reliant on an ally nation. But instead, uh, the NATO countries, many of them, uh, built their reliance uh, on Russian energy. So that was a bad decision from the get-go. And now they're suffering the consequence and they're paying uh, Russia about two billion bucks a month uh, for energy to power uh, Germany. Um, so that's an interesting point there. Hey, we'll go straight to the calls. We'll go to Karen in the state of Texas. Hey, Karen, welcome to the court. Hi, Walker. How are you today? Doing pretty well. What's on your mind today? Oh, I can't wait to tell you my story. Thank you for opening up the phone lines. Um, I had, I'm not, I have talked to you on your first inaugural show when you took your calls, but um, I'm old and I don't know technology, but I had the opportunity in April that our husbands had a golf outing and, and the wives, we went to Austin and they took, the wife had a Tesla. I did not know what I was getting into, but it was a little impressive. I mean, it was quiet. Um, but it's this great big, um, like, laptop on the dashboard. And um, I just have to tell you the funny story that um, – so she drove the wives around town and everything, and we get back to meet the guys, and um, she couldn't unlock her car because her phone had died. So <laughs> you're apparently – Karen, Karen, please, please tell me I you're making this up. Or is this is a legitimate no, story? I, this is a truly legitimate story, and we live out in West Texas. I knew that would make you laugh. We had to wait for her to find her husband so he could bring her a car, ch a phone charger, so she could charge her phone so she could unlock her car. And I'm not making that up. Oh, Karen, you've made my week. This is this is. I know it probably wasn't funny at the time, but just technology. We you know, I thought it was funny. We I, drive diesels out in West Texas. <laughs> good for you. Um, gosh, man, wow, this is funny stuff. You can't script that. No, you can't script that. And, you know, everybody wants to say, you know, technology, technology, it's the way of the future. Well, folks, there's always going to be a place uh, for uh, manual yeah, and, and, manual work. Walker, the car was charged. She just couldn't unlock it. And that was what 
is ironic to me. With so her phone, Somebody yeah. that owns a test, I might be able to... Uh, to clarify that, but that was my experience. Well, well, you know, that's a good point, Karen. And so maybe uh, Elon Musk just got an idea, and maybe you can patent this, but just put your little USB port on the exterior or a little wireless phone <laughs> charger in case that happens. Uh, if, if, if somebody patents that next week, folks, I'm suing them because I just said it. That was my idea. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Hey, Karen, uh, thanks so much for calling in. Good story there. Appreciate the call. Uh, you got to have a sense of humor, folks, and uh, we've all had our issues, our uh, our moments of of uh, <laughs> embarrassment where we, you know, lock the keys in the car or forget something, uh, you know, get locked out of a building uh, or for whatever reason. So uh, that can happen to any of us, but uh, uh, technology isn't always uh, perfect, that's for sure. Uh, let's go to Essence in the state of Texas. Hey, Essence, welcome to the court. Hey, Walker. Hey, um, I'm going to uh, I'm not looking at the biological, but I'm looking at the biblical concerning babies. Now, God places a soul in the child at conception. Satan isn't going after a glob of cells like they like to say. He goes after a soul that has the knowledge of God. That soul can come to know Christ through the knowledge of God, repent and be saved. How better for Satan to demolish God's gift to women than to go after the blessing in her womb? Mm. She is blessed for carrying the baby. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right, Essence. And that, that brings us to the to the realization that this is a spiritual fight. And we say that pretty often, but this is a spiritual fight. I mean, you cannot, to your point, Essence, you can't explain this in human terms. It doesn't logically add up why you want to kill babies. Um, other than uh, this is uh, an idea uh, fostered by Satan himself uh, in order to attack God's created uh, order, to attack God's creation, including uh, little babies created in the image of God. So um, this is a spiritual fight, and we must uh, treat it as such. Thank you so much, Essence, for calling in to the core. Uh, let's go to Philip in uh, Mississippi. Philip, welcome to the core. Hey, Philip, uh, make sure you cut your radio down. I can hear a little feedback there. Okay. All right, can you get it gone now? Yes, sir, I got you now, loud and clear. Okay. All right. One of the, uh, about the temperature and global warming and all that, everybody seems to be forgetting there's an external factor on this, and that being the sun. And I read not too long ago on an article about the sun becoming much more active with solar flares expanding, temperature rising, and all of this. And if you look at Revelations, this earth is going to be burned up with fire. So there's, there's more than just what we do here on the earth that's uh, involved in all of this. Yeah. Yeah, Philip, you, you, you got a good point there in that uh, man's not in control of everything. Despite what we think, we think we can control everything. Uh, but the reality is we can control little. We can control little. God is the ultimate uh, creator. He's the ultimate sustainer. He is the sustainer. And um, and he determines, uh, you know, the length of our life. He determines uh, everything. And uh, so we're, we're, we have little control, uh, especially over uh, uh, the planet. Now, uh, we can be, uh, uh, you know, s- Scripture calls us to be good stewards. Of course, absolutely. We need to be 
good stewards of God's creation. That's a given. Uh, anyone who submits themselves to a biblical worldview understands uh, that as Christians, we are to be good stewards of God's creation. That means taking care of that which is around us. Uh, so that should be uh, in all of our hearts as Christians. Um, but folks, the, these the the people that don't subscribe to a biblical worldview, they think that they can control the world's climate. That's what they genuinely believe, that they themselves can pass laws and regulations and regulate behavior to such an extent that it regulates the entire planet's behavior and, and, and so on and so forth. But as Philip mentioned, there are tons of other factors uh, that, that weigh in and that contribute uh, to our overall uh, climate experience and temperatures and weather and so on and so forth. Uh, last call we'll take today, we'll go to Wendell in the state of Georgia. Well, Wendell, wake up. welcome to the court. Thank you for having me. I was just uh, listening a while ago where you said there was a poll taken where 80% of the people that was polled said that they wanted to keep abortions. Well, my question is, is I'm 70 years old, and in my years, nobody's ever called me and asked me about it. So just exactly who is these people taking a poll, and who are they calling? <laughs> oh, I love when you people – you know, yeah. I ain't exactly the brightest star shining in the sky at night, but I ain't stupid. <laughs> you sound pretty bright to me, Wendell. You sound pretty bright to me. I'd let well, you I'd let I you drive my Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, no, you can have it. I'm I drive a truck. I know, Amen. I'm kidding. I drive a truck too. I'm just joking with you. Hey, let me let you go and I'll I'll address your, your point there. You know, that's a good point because this not just that by the way, that was Chris Woodward, our news reporter, that brought that that statistic in about people who want to protect, quote-unquote, protect abortion, even though we don't want to protect the baby. But um, they, uh, they uh, people often during election season, they'll hear these polls announced by, and these surveys and polls about, you know, which candidates preferred and, you know, so-and-so of, of uh, registered voters want to go for this candidate. And, and everybody looks around and they're like, did you get a call? Nobody got a call. So, you know, who these respondents are, I don't know. I'm sure they're legit. But to your point, I, I, I don't think I know anybody who has gotten a call from a survey a person or a pollster and, uh, on, on some of these uh, uh, surveys and reports that uh, are polls that we report on. So uh, maybe they need to broaden their tent as far as respondents that are uh, uh, participating in their surveys. And I, I just don't believe that number anyway, uh, as far as 80 to 90 percent of people who want to, quote unquote, protect abortion protect the killing of babies. That's like an oxymoron. Let's protect the criminal activity. Uh, we should not be talking like that in this nation. But, um, you know, the, I, th I think the, the more accurate number is what you've seen corroborated by multiple polling agencies, and that is the majority of people actually don't like abortion. They don't like the idea of it. They don't really want to talk about it. Uh, if they are in favor, they're, they're in favor of it in a very limited circumstance. Um, and that used to be the position of the Democrat Party until they went radical and they let the baby killing, um, you know, advocates get in charge of their party. And now they're all in uh, for baby killing. So it's not a good thing. And states around the country are moving to protect the babies uh, just as fast as they can. And that's a good thing. Uh, on the economic front, uh, well, let's play a clip. I got to end this one. Uh, Joe Biden, uh, clip three. This is President Biden blaming Russia, 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 clip three. Ultimately, 
The reason why gas prices are up is because of Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. The reason why the food crisis exists is because of Russia. Russia not allowing grain to get out of Ukraine. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, at least he can rhyme. He can rhyme by saying the same word three times in a row. <laughs> Folks, uh, here, here's the hard truth. I'm going to give you two hard truths here. All right. Is, is Russia's war with Ukraine contributing to uh, higher oil uh, gas prices and, 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 and some food, maybe supply shortages in the next few months? Uh, yes. It is contributing, but a very small percentage. Because if you look at the problems that we're facing, we've been facing them since a man by the name of Joe Biden was, was uh, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say elected, uh, but sworn in as president. All right, so that we've been having problems with inflation and high gas prices since Biden was elected well before anything had to do with Russia and Ukraine. So that's the truth there. So it's not Russia, Russia, Russia. It's Biden, Biden, Biden. That's the problem. And back to the EV discussion, we had the funny call from Karen in Texas about uh, the lady who got locked out of her Tesla because her phone died. That's comical and could happen to any of us. Um, but, uh, folks, here, here's here's the hard truth. This is the second hard truth. Um, if you want a Tesla, that's fine. If you want to buy one of the new Ford EV F-150s, even though they just recalled them after they launched them, um, if you want to buy one of the EVs, one of the electric vehicles, go for it. More power to you. Uh, you know, we'll continue to provide the fossil fuel so you can charge it. Uh, but this is not a moral argument, all right? This is not a moral decision. If you want to drive a battery-operated vehicle, more power to you. That's great. I may own an electric vehicle one day. Who knows? I just got to make sure we got enough fossil fuels to charge it. Um, but it's not a moral decision. It's not a moral <laughs> argument <laughs> uh, to to buy an electric vehicle. So don't don't let people shame you into buying an EV. Don't let people tell you that because you drive your diesel or your gasoline burning vehicle that you're you're you hate the planet and you're destroying it. That's a bunch of garbage. That's a bunch of nonsense. Uh, so the EV discussion is not a moral discussion. It's a consumer preference. Do what you want. AFA at the core. Glad to have you with us on the show today. Have a happy Fourth of July, Independence Day. We'll see you next week. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.